Hello and welcome to the Sports Week Podcast, Episode 1. Thanks for listening. My name's Liam. I'm here with my co-host to my left, Neil. How are you going, mate? Not too bad. How are you? Going very well, mate. Uh, next to you, we have Daniel. How are you going? Very well, sir. Thank you for asking. That's the way. And last but not least, we have Damo. How are you going, mate? G'day, boys. How are we going? Very well, very well. Um, now, basically, boys, a little bit about how this podcast has come about. I'd say we're just four blokes who basically just spend way too much time talking shit about sport. Would you agree? Pretty spot on, I reckon. <laughs> Definitely. Exactly. What else is there to talk about? Not much. <laughs> Not much, that's true. So basically how this has come about, me and Daniel were having a few quiet beers about a month or so ago. Would that be about right, Daniel? That's about right. Yeah, about a month ago, I think it was. We did. We did. And we thought, why not have a crack at doing a podcast? It seems like pretty much every second person on the streets doing a podcast these days. So a few weeks later, we've got the tech wizard Neilo on board. And Damo on board as well, and here we are. Obviously, we might be a bit rusty at the start, but hang with us, and hopefully we'll get a bit better as we go. But yeah, most importantly, we're just going to try and have a bit of fun and talk sport. So boys, should we just get stuck straight into it, do you think? or Let's do it. Sounds good. Nice, no nice. like now. So on the agenda for our first ever show, fellas, there's three main topics we're going to discuss. Uh, firstly, we're going to have a look at the A-League, and more importantly, the issues with the A-League and how it can be fixed. Secondly, we're going to talk NBA and specifically LeBron James' upcoming free agency and whether or not we believe he should stay or leave the Cavs. This will be good. At season's end, which should be very interesting. And thirdly, with round one just around the corner next week, we're going to give our premiership and wooden spoon predictions for the upcoming AFL season. Uh, plus, for a bit of fun, we're going to list our top three favourite AFL footballers to watch of all time each, which should be quite entertaining. So there's a bit to get through, but... Before we get into our agenda items for this evening, Nilo, we have our very first ever segment, Sinners and Winners. Uh, do you want to just tell everyone a little bit about what that's about? Yep. Well, Sinners and Winners, where each week we're going to pick one absolutely outstanding performance, one not as outstanding performance. And of the sporting week. Of the sporting week, of course. And we're going to, uh, and we're going to talk about that particular event. There you go. So do you want to kick us off, Nilo? All right, no worries then. I'll start off with my winner, and my winner this week is someone you may or may not have heard of, boys. This is Simon Patmore. Have you heard of this boy? Never heard of him. Never heard of him before. That's a disgrace to all you guys. (laughs) Educate us, Neela. Simon Patmore, an Australian snowboard cross rider. He obviously doesn't, he's in the Paralympics, so he doesn't have use of one of his arms, I believe. Um, In 2012, he won bronze in the Commonwealth Games in the 200 metres running. Wow. He won in the 2012 again. He was running in the London 100-metre sprint final for the Paralympics. Tore his hammy halfway through. Won bronze. Casual. Impressive. Yeah. Impressive. Then 2014, he picks up a snowboard, decides to have a crack at that, and four years later wins Australia's first gold in 16 years in the snowboard wow. cross that final. That is and impressive. What a legend. So that is a massive winner. And look... Obviously, I just feel that, you know, good on him for doing that and, uh, you know, representing Australia in sport. And look, there's no reason why the Paralympics shouldn't be shown. And speaking of which, my sinner of the week. Moving right along. 100% is Channel 7. Channel 7. I like Channel 7. Now, Bruce or? This is what, no, this is what was frustrating me. I asked you at the start, have you heard of Simon Patmore? None of you had heard of him. We didn't win a single gold in the Winter Olympics, but if we we probably know the bronze medals and the silver medal people. Channel 7 have five channels. They could easily put 
this it on one channel. They could easily stream it. They could even put it on the internet. Fair point. They haven't even put they put a one hour highlight package every day, and sometimes it's a three hour highlight package. How unbelievable is that? These people work equally as hard, equally as long, and train equally as much. He's off the long run. And people yeah. and Channel Seven can't even be bothered putting on it on TV. Fair that point. is an absolute disgrace. Channel Seven, you are my sinner this week. Nice. And I hope they hear this as well. <laughs> Tell us what you really think, Nilo. Slightly no, passionate. I like no, it. No, it's ridiculous. Good anyway, stuff, Nilo. I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to you, Daniel. Very good. Very good. Uh, give me my opportunity. I'm going to start. Well, I was tossing up whether this bloke would be my winner or my sinner. I've um, <laughs> Looking from a PC perspective, I might make him my sinner. Uh, we're looking at Ivan Savidis. Not too sure if you guys are aware of uh, what or who Ivan Savidis is. He's the president of Greek football club PAOK. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I know where this, this is going. Yeah. Uh, Old mate, so, huh? <laughs> in short, he's the cause for a leading European league to be suspended after a key game ended in absolute chaos over the weekend. I think I saw this. You did? Uh, I think so. Old mates decided to take it upon himself to uh, enter the pitch while the game was still running. It was in injury time because he thought that a goal should have actually been awarded to Pauk. There was a bit of confusion. No one knew what to do. The referee was in disarray completely. Took matters into his own hand and decided to storm the pitch with a gun, <laughs> a gun in Wowie. a holster strapped to himself. So <laughs> I was tossing up whether he was going to be my winner or sinner because he made it a very colourful event. It's, uh, yeah, absolutely grown so legs what, all over the world. what was he in the end? Your winner or your sinner? He is my sinner. He's he your is sinner. My sinner. I'm going to keep him as my oh, sinner. So. Not advocating gun violence, is it? <laughs> no, exactly right. Hear. That's what I was weary of, so I didn't want to make him my winner. However, it's a very interesting <laughs> event. That's what we need in our first podcast is to have advocation <laughs> of gun violence. Well, we never know. Lucky we've got the editing tool, uh, Neil. He's not hes not American by any chance, is he? Oh, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. My um, winner of the week uh, is actually going to be Mo Salah. Way. The Liverpool striker, is. the Egyptian wizard. Yeah, I've got a couple of big, just for those who don't know, we've got a couple of big Liverpool supporters, myself and Liam. Probably I'd say myself is a little bit more. but Yeah, me not being one of them, but I've still chosen him as my winner. I now, definitely am very, very proud of your selection as a winner. So thank keep, you, Neil. Keep going. He is, uh, well, given uh, true meaning to... Uh, the expression, he who laughs last, laughs loudest. So, Ashley Young, after United actually beat yep. Liverpool over the weekend, went all over social media implying that he had Mo Salah in his pocket uh, the entire 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, United won that game. They beat Liverpool 2-1 and Liverpool ended up uh, advancing in the Champions League mm-hmm. only for United three days later to lose to Seville at home, <laughs> 2-1. And Mo Salah has proceeded to jump straight onto Twitter Proclaiming that he can't wait for the Champions League quarterfinals draw. So him on Twitter. Yeah, that's oh uh, very nice. Not directed. Uh, no, he didn't uh, mention him, uh, but we all knew what he was alluding to. So Mo Salah, my winner for the week. And I'll be honest, Mo Salah is the loveliest, most down-to-earth bloke. That's when you see season. him in the interviews, he is an amazing player, and to see him. So to, for someone to get him rolled up, it had to be pretty big. So yeah, very very funny. Good on him as there well. Go. Good on Agreed. him. Agreed. Demo, off to you, sir. Is it just me or when your Sinner of the Week 
comes up uh, happens to represent a club that two of the people on this broadcast uh, uh, support. Oh, no. Oh, no. That it brings a little bit of extra joy. What do you think? Oh, boy? here we go. What, oh, well, who's it going to be? I can see that look on your face, Tim. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. Hit us with it. Uh-huh. I have to admit it. It did make me smile a little I bit. I know who he's got. Jamie Carragher. Yep. Oh, no. I, <laughs> I can't it. believe I no one else this. had him. Has been suspended from his job at Sky Sports uh, due to spitting on a 14-year-old girl. Oh, my goodness. Someone who's been a professional for that long to lose his wits and spit. <laughs> Admittedly, he tried to spit on the girl's father. However, it, it, it continued on. Oh, that's much better, better isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then hit the 14-year-old girl. Uh, so if that's not Sinner of the Week, I don't know what is. Uh, and the fact that he represented Liverpool just made it all that little bit better. Mm-hmm. And uh, for all those who don't know, Damo is a massive Chelsea fan and he really enjoyed the Champions League this morning. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wowee. Moving on to your winner, Damo. Winner of the week, Tiger Woods. Yes. Nice. Wow. I did see this. It's on the comeback trail. Tiger Woods has come back in a pretty big way, coming second in the Volspar Championship, which for those of you that don't know is a US PGA uh, pro event in the States. Nice. This week came second. Now, I'm all for if someone does the wrong thing, copying their fair whack. And let's be honest, Tiger didn't exactly represent. He's been through the him. ringer. He didn't exactly represent himself in the you know best fashion possible. <laughs> However, he has spent quite a long time out in the wilderness, and I think definitely <laughs> copped his fair whack. And I'm a person who believes that if you've done the wrong thing, you pay the price. Well, more often than not, you do deserve a second chance, and I'm happy for mm. him to be on the way back. Um, there you go. If well you said. remember how uh, good he used to be, hopefully he can reach those heights again. Well said, well Damo. Said. Well done, Damo. On to you, Liam. Okay, I'll start off with my winner, boys. Now, this could be a little bit close to home for you, Damo, so I apologise in advance. Oh, boy. Being the good D's man that you are. But my winner of the week is actually Jack Watts. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. Now, I don't think think in my life I've ever seen a more maligned player in the AFL than this bloke. From the moment he debuted against Collingwood that day on the Queen's birthday game, he's pretty much just had the shit torn out of him from the media, supporters, fans the whole time. And we all know that he obviously got traded at the end of the year to Port. So when I saw that on TV last week, and I was actually really happy to see that he actually kicked six for Port. Yep. I don't know if it was his mm. first or second game demo. Did he play the his first second game? game second game, I believe. But he kicked six, and I really hope he does well this good year. He's him. had a hmm. rough run, and yep. obviously he's in some pretty good form at the moment. So Very well I hope said. he can turn his career around up mm-hmm. in Port Adelaide. Now, I'll move on to my sinner of the week. Now, my sinner of the week is actually Bruno Mars. Oh, <laughs> wow, Bruno <laughs> Mars. This now, is a sports talk. Now, hang, with, hang with me. Man, there is a sporting context to this, yeah. so hang with me. Um, basically, I went to the Bruno Mars concert with my better half last weekend at Rod Laver Arena. And to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of Bruno Mars, but the concert was actually really, really good. Nice. I'd give it 10 out of 10. He's a serious entertainer, ten, that ten. dude. Ten. He's very good. No issue with Bruno Mars, the entertainer. If the Beatles were here, you would say on par with the Beatles. I'd give them 11. But, but, but anyway. <laughs> oh, now, I think Daniel will like this. Yeah. I think Daniel will like why I'm centering him. What I'm centering Bruno for, but not just him, every other international singer, band, entertainer or performer who comes to Australia and always feels the need to try and rev up an Australian crowd uh, by reverting mm. to the old Aussie, 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 oi, 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 Thank you. Thank <laughs> now, you. Now, 
if it's not the worst chant in sports history, it's definitely yeah. on the podium. Yeah. Would oh, you boys agree? It is easily the worst. There <laughs> is nothing unpatriotic. worse than that. <laughs> I'm, no, not unpatriotic. I'm not a fan. It's a Scheisenhausen chant. Oh. It's, it's not the best, but still mate, it's, it's, it's representing it's Australia. Shocking. I mean, it's we don't have another one, do we? Well, we should gears. have another one. We should, but we don't, so we use We that need one. to evolve. So we what I've got to, to say is, Bruno, leave that crap to the Muppets at the tennis, the fanatics, <laughs> and pull your head in, mate. <laughs> that's well said. Very well, 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 mate. <laughs> I have to admit, that's one thing that I often think when you're at the cricket, the Barmy Army with all their songs, mm. the yeah, effort that goes into that. It's actually quite entertaining to listen to. Oh, yeah. But then when we come back with that, no wonder. <laughs> we're a laughing stock. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, no, yeah. There you go. Now, moving on, boys, we're going to get into the agenda item, our first agenda item of the evening. Now, what it is, this is a topic very close to Daniel's heart. Oh, so yeah. we're going to give him first crack at this. Oh, it's a great segue into it. Now, what it is, is what's wrong with the A-League at the moment? And according to Daniel, there's a few things wrong. Oh, yeah. And most importantly, also, how can we fix it? So, Daniel... The floor is yours, my friend. Very good segue, considering that we just discussed Bruno Mars' uh, chant, uh, because my first gripe with the A-League, I'm not going to lie, is going to be the FFA, uh, the way that they've handled the fans. The crowds have dropped significantly. Mm -hmm. Pretty much all of the active support has been dismembered by the FFA. That is true. That is very true. Based on the fact that they're bending over backwards to appease people that are never going to be interested in the game in any case. 100%, yeah. The one thing that set aside the A-League and the world game in general is their active support. That's the only thing that was going to grow this game in this country. Agree. And they bent over backwards to appease the Herald Sun and who knows who else, just to try to get these people mm. who were never going to be interested through the gates to like what they see when they turn over for a split second. So FFA firstly has to get it together and try to actually mend fences with the RBB, the active support for mm. Western Sydney Wanderers, the Northern Terrace who are once the most loud, energetic, active support that I've ever witnessed. That's victories. 100%. That's Melbourne victories ones. And I used to love going to the games, I tell you. Same. And it was a spectacle. It was a spectacle. Was. Let's face it, sometimes you get your games where the players just don't seem up to it. It's scrappy. It's, it's, it's an ugly affair. Mm. However, the atmosphere that was created by these fans would make anyone want to go the week after. It's true. Regardless of what happened on the pitch. Now, I'm talking your kids, even though, uh, well, it was put in the media that it was an unfriendly environment for the kids. Very unsafe, wasn't it? Very unsafe. People were branded suburban terrorists. Now, don't get me wrong, flares are dangerous, but there could have been a better way to go about this. We don't Mm. need riot police attending games and standing out front of games Mm. to intimidate people to go anywhere near these games because some people, one or two in active support, Mm -hmm. would rip a flare. That's where it needs to start, in my opinion. Obviously, there's a lot more to add to this, Neil. Well, it intimidates mums and dads. I mean, if they're going there and they're seeing the right police out front, I mean, exactly are they going to want to take their kids into there? Nah, no, exactly. I don't want to go there. Now, these these people in the active support, they're kids. They're 16-year-olds yeah, they from are. the suburbs. Yeah. They are. Why we need heavily armed riot police mm. standing outside to protect us from 16-year-old kids will always be beyond me. Hmm. Good point. I 100% agree with that. That's a very, very good point. Beyond this, obviously, uh, Mark Bosnich actually uh, referenced a few points which yep. I can't help but agree 100% with. The man speaks sense and the man speaks from it's the a heart. A bit of background on what he had. It was like a seven-point plan, wasn't it, to it, how to fix it? It was the... a seven-point plan. Um, maybe you can help me out with that one. I've actually got it here, boys. Uh, would you like me to yep. read, read it out? Go for it. Please. Okay. 
Boz's expansion plan. So the first point was a 16-team 16 16-team 16 A-League. Definitely need more teams. I think that's 100% true. I, I had... Um, you know, obviously we've reached a point where we've got saturation for people who, you know, know it exists, but we don't have a team. And look, one of the things I'm always very, very passionate about is, is teams in Tassie. There yeah, has to be teams yep. in Tassie. There is a huge... That's a great point. I've, I've been down there. There is a huge amount of people love the footy. They don't get a footy team. So why won't the A-League pioneer and give them a team why and don't just they show jump how in? they can be different? So See, if, if give they the had bird any to sense. AFL... And, and get in there first. Perfect. And have the this Tasmanian is their Tigers or something, or yeah. whatever it is. You know? Hit the market. Hit the Tasmania market. The AFL refuses to do it. They obviously want something down there. Give them an A-League team. And then they need more teams, and then they're thinking about putting a third team in Sydney. Of course and, they you are. Know, it's just ridiculous. Like, put a team in country towns and all that sort of stuff. Bring the people together. Put it a team in Tassie. Maybe hard. even two teams in Tassie. Maybe one in Lonnie and one in Hobart. And the second point? Hold off on the points. Just keep going. What were the things you were going to raise that were your own... Fact is, you were going to say the other issues you had off the top of your own head. Well, that that's another one. Uh, oh. That is another one. We need more teams. The, the second one, again, and I think Bosnich actually alluded to this one as well, mm-hmm. the salary cap. Mm. That's I've got a strong opinion on that, but you go first. You'd prefer it not to be the case considering how much money your Let's boys have. Let's be honest. Have. If there was no salary cap in the A-League, I'd be the only bloke in the room. Actually, and Damo, because he's a Melbourne City fan that he'd be happy. We'd win every trophy. I reckon there we'd is. still be up there. But what about the irrelevant clubs? How irrelevant would they be if they got mm. up that, against that oil sheets? problematic. The Central Coast Mariners. But you look at the English... <laughs> seriously. You look at yeah, the English true. Premier League. Look at Man City. Man City are going to win the league with like eight games to go. Mm. Yes, there are other teams contesting the Champions League spot, but it's still interesting. Now, this league has been the most popular league in the world for how long now? Decades. Mm. Yet... The disparity between the top teams has been yeah. significant for as long as I can remember. I don't think in Australia it can warrant having that mm. salary cap. I think it would be disaster for the league, in my I, opinion. I, I think it's an opportunity for it to grow. It to might attract other overseas investors as well. I'm saying if they do bin it, it's yeah. disaster for the league, in my opinion. And, and just to clarify, boys, Boz's plan does say to bin the salary cap. Yeah, and, and I would say on that... The salary cap, I actually think the salary cap is one of the best things about the A-League. The reason being, and not not the current version of it, but the reason being that any team in a year can win. And that's why that's the way you keep your supporters, you keep everything. But saying that, though, it has to be larger. It has Agreed. to be larger. It has to be so much larger. You need yeah. big players. You know, you got you're, you're, we're literally playing Champions League. We've got people playing the Chinese teams have spent $90 million on players yeah, and we've spent yeah. it's 2 em- million. It's embarrassing. Like it's, it's, the it's Asian Champions League is embarrassing. We always just get... So, Daniel, with these issues, like, what do you, have you got any particular solutions with this? Or Well... Because I guess we want to try and not just focus on what's wrong. Like, How can any of this stuff be fixed? Again, the FFA has to start reaching out to the fans, reach right. out to the true original fans, and that's where it starts for me. That's going to get them into the ground, and it's going to bring others into the ground who enjoy the spectacle. They enjoy the, the, the singing. They enjoy the theatrics almost that you get. They have been banned from being, bringing TIFOs. TIFOs, for those who don't know? Banners, I guess, uh, that are created by active support from their own pocket. I think one thing that you did bring up to me recently at a victory game was during the cricket season when the Barmy Army went to a victory game after a day's play at the MCG. And there wouldn't have been a huge crowd at the victory game, maybe 15,000, 20,000. But all the Barmy Army came. All they did was just put up their, all the banners they have at the cricket of all their different counties and where they're from mm-hmm. in England. And what happened, Daniel? Well, they got told to remove it. <laughs> 
<laughs> they wow. got told to remove it. Now, um, there's a specific thing in cricket the... is more wild than the soccer. That's unbelievable. Correct. Well, yeah, security. It... Obviously, it is. Yeah, well, the FFA have actually got a policy, which is the uh, NCIP, National Club Identity Policy. Now, this actually came about after the NSL and all the problems that arose because of the, um, well, all the, the clubs the were affiliated yeah, with, a particular, <laughs> yeah. with a particular ethnic background. Melbourne so, Knights. Melbourne Knights, of course, <laughs> uh, the uh, Croatian club, and um, we had... Um, Your boys, uh, was it? Faduka. They were my boys. Um, probably nice. the happiest days of my life watching those guys play. That was oh. incredible. Um, maybe an overstatement a little bit, but it was good times. <laughs> now, more to my point, getting back to it, um, the national club identity policy means that um, under no circumstances can any club be affiliated uh, with a uh, ethnic background or uh, anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. Their statement when they did actually introduce this was football is now a part of the mainstream of Australian society and has achieved mm. that status while also retaining its rich diversity, said Gallup. Disagree, Mr. Gallup. You messed that one up completely. Whack. Yeah. Uh, get it together. Start reaching out to the fans and, yeah, uh, maybe it'll start to grow again. But this game has simply gone backwards for the past three or four years. Obviously, though, just on that, you can't have what it used to be with the ethnic clubs. No, I don't think you can either. No, of course you can't. Of course you can't. But, I mean, if they're going to talk about diversity uh, and then make statements along those lines, I mean, they're completely cutting people out and it's people that actually do care. Good point. One thing with Boz's plan that I did disagree with, actually, was how he proposes to move the A-League from uh, to winter. That's ridiculous. Therefore, going head-to-head with AFL. One thing... Not just AFL, by the way. NRL, NRL, all the football codes. Exactly. And one thing with that is if you are struggling for a supporter base to start with, mm. being the fact that Victoria is so heavily dominated, for example, with the uh, like Victory and City being here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Victoria being so heavily dominated by AFL, you've got the same thing in South Australia, Perth, and then in the northern states you've got both AFL and NRL. Yep. To be honest, if if they're trying to grow the sport, I don't know if if, if it could compete going head-to-head with the big codes no being way. that they're so far ahead. But the thing is as well, look at the competition that they now have in summer. The it's AFL's woken up and said, hey, why don't we start dominating the summer as well? They brought out the AFLX. That drew some reasonable That only went for like two weeks. Their main competitor yeah. is the cricket. Let's be Massively. honest. That is their competitor. And they are losing that significantly. The Big Bash. The the, oh, yeah. The Big Bash especially, isn't it, these days, I tell you. And that, look, that's probably... In my opinion, due to two reasons, I reckon one is the the fact that they have done really good marketing. And look, cricket is an Australian pastime. A lot, let's be realistic, probably a lot more people would like cricket than soccer who have grown up in, in watching all the cricket. And the other thing I would say is probably pricing as well. I know that the Big Bash, they've locked their pricing yep. for five years now. Look at yep. the crowds they get. And they still consistently get that. A-League, they've continued to put their prices up yep. to now you can't take a family for you know, under 100 bucks or whatever it is. Which sort of does come back to Daniel's point before in the way that uh, families feel about attending the A-League, mm. whereas the Big Bash is completely marketed as family yep. night out, basically. That's a good point. That they cater to kids, yep. they have music, they have yep. fireworks, they have something for everybody. Well, your average parent, where are you going to go? Where they have music and uh, uh, fireworks or where they've got riot police? I know, yeah, I know exactly. where I'd be taking my kids. Exactly. It's horrendous. Also what Neil said in regards to pricing as well. Yep. Just one thing about the moving to winter. Yep. I strongly agree with Damo that it's a ridiculous idea for all the reasons you just said. Plus, I think what you've got to also remember is where would they play? 
for one, Etihad would be gone. That's the AFL true. own it. And AFL have got like three or four tenants to play at Etihad. So victory wouldn't be playing there. I'd mm. prefer that. Amy Park, you've got the Rebels, you've got the Storm yeah, in yep. winter. The yep. pitch would be torn the up The pitch completely. would be torn up. This brings me to another point, though. The NSL was fantastic when it played mm. in uh, suburban grounds. Why mm, we're true. playing that's in 55,000 capacity stadiums when we can't draw 20 yeah. is beyond me. It's a poor look, number it's one. embarrassing. Two, it's yeah. an oval, and no one likes to win. Mm. And just also, remember, also in Sydney, where, where does Sydney FC play? The SFS, isn't it? The Sydney Football Stadium? Yes. Uh, There's like six NRL teams play there. Well, yeah. Suncorp, where the Raw play. That's where the Brisbane Broncos play. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and you've actually literally got Wanderers playing at Spotless at the moment at the because GWS they're bringing, yeah, they're they're building their new ground. So it just it wouldn't work for a lot of reasons. If they want integrity to the sport, though, would it be against that to have that played out in the suburbs as opposed to first class arenas? It would. It would. Uh, are you Is asking if it, if, if it would be why playing not? in front of like five thousand seat stadiums? I don't know. Why not? Fox you, Sports you, play a lot of money, I presume, for the A-League rights. Well, Newcastle play in a stadium that holds what capacity? Oh, now we're, now we're talking probably a 30, let's just say mm-hmm. 25, 30. Their average crowd, look, I'm, I'm guessing, yeah, this is, isn't based on less stats. Less than 10. I'd say it's less than 10,000. For sure. It's, it's a worse look to have a stadium one-eighth mm. full on a lot of occasions as opposed to playing in these boutique stadiums that hold 10,000. Yeah. And you at least get that sold out on an ongoing basis. When the game grows, if it grows under proper Mm -hmm. leadership, then start thinking about moving to these state-of-the-art stadiums that can hold thirty Mm. to 40,000. That's true. That's very true. And look, it used to work, obviously. But one thing I actually liked about Boz's plan, and and it kind of ties into what we're saying now, is I I actually am a massive fan of the FFA Cup. I really enjoy watching Cup Night. It's only Cup City of One, so I'm a huge fan of it. (laughs) (laughs) Got yourself a bit of silverware. It was was due. No, no, but like when I I love just tuning in to watch, you know, random, you know, Bentley or or, um, whoever it is, you know, face Sydney FC out at Bentley. How great is it? It's just fantastic. I love it. You know, you got the sausage chisel, you got the. Poor blo- commentators up in a scaffold. Yeah, it's just fantastic. <laughs> it that. just feels like grassroots. But it's, it's great to raw. watch. Like it's like watching the Premier League when you know Liverpool go to you know Burnley. random yeah. random team that's you know third division or what have you. Yep. And so that ties into what Bozza was saying about we need a second division, and I Perfect. completely agree with that. That is one. one of the major points. You know, going Promotion up, teams going up and down. It gives people something to follow for. Who like if your team's on the bottom at the moment, and this is the same as probably You've AFL out. as well. You don't care. Like, I mean, you know, like, I know Damo's a big Melbourne fan. I mean, they always get cop flack for going to the snow in July. You know, like, <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Let's be realistic. <laughs> well, we, that's a little bit uncalled <laughs> for, wasn't it, Neil? But do, it's, do you it, want to talk about past seasons? Oh, fantastic. All right. But in, in all seriousness, though, like, you, you check out if your team isn't doing well and then there's nothing to play for. But it would give those teams down the bottom something to play for. It would give local teams something to rise to as well correct you know I, I think it could really really boost good. engagement can I give exactly. a contrary view to that alright that I've got a few points of I think what the A-League should do but just in relation to Boz's point about the promotion and relegation yep for me personally I think again it can't work oh personally I do and I'll tell you why now once I tell you why I think you, you may agree with some points of it in Australia in the A-League what are the only marquee games really well, the derbies, derbies. 
the Melbourne Derby and the Sydney Derby. Would they be the marquee games? Yeah, then, then if you Sydney, have Sydney and Melbourne when they play, but mainly well, the, the Derbies, well. mainly the yeah. Derbies. Yeah. So if you have promotion and relegation, just say hypothetically, Melbourne victory City get and relegated. No, just either way, <laughs> City or victory, or say just for example, say victory and Western Sydney Wanderers have, both have a shit ass year, yeah. both get relegated. Mm. The A League cannot survive on having no derbies the next year and having. Bentley mm. Green's playing against Perth Glory every second week. That's true. You can't, and you yeah, can't also right. do that. You can't exempt those sides from potentially being relegated. You can't say anyone can get relegated, but not Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City, and the yep. Sydney sides. Can't. Can you honestly imagine if that happened? If they got relegated, how bad that would be for that the would league? Would be bad. It would manifest. Sorry, Damien. That's a good point. However, Scotland survived when Rangers went down to third division. But in Scotland, not, soccer not is such a well. bigger sport. I don't think... I know in, I tuned out a little bit, but in my opinion... Uh, is that a valid point, what I said, though? It is, but at the same time, you look at the way that the EPL is structured, uh, the English Premier League, obviously, and you look at how many London derbies there are. Now, they're, from, they're scattered all over the, the great mm, city of that's London. That's true. I mean, you've got so many clubs. Off the top of my head, you have Arsenal, you have uh, Tottenham, you have Chelsea, you have West Ham. Uh, there's four, just at the top of my head, all yeah. based in uh, London. Mm-hmm. Now... Greater Melbourne, Metro Melbourne, Metropolitan Melbourne, let's say, it's yep. growing. So your your Bentley Greens getting promoted, for example, coming up against one of the Melbourne, either Melbourne City or Melbourne Victory, mm. would again constitute a derby. May it's not true. be as fierce considering how long, well, it's only been about six years or mm. so that City and Victory have been though. against each other. Mm. But they would still be considered derbies. I think it would bring a lot more colour. Uh, and, and a lot more vibrancy and breathe a little bit of life into mm. the league, which is desperate. But do you honestly required. think the league would allow one of those power sides in those two derbies to be relegated? Well, they would have to. Money-wise, what it would cost in sponsorship, if they're going, TV rights? They would have to. And see, so this is where the salary cap, going back to the start, I mean, if you do have a higher salary cap, most likely Bentley probably wouldn't be able to reach the higher salary this cap. This is true. You're more likely to get victory staying up or city staying up rather than you know, would the lower be, but clubs, but... To your point, Liam, you mentioned the TV rights, etc. Mm-hmm. That should be paid by the league to the club that's in the A-League. Mm. So if your victory yeah. goes down, they don't get paid that. But your Bentley Greens come up, they do get paid that. But you've got to remember, Fox Sports, who just recently won the rights again, I presume. I think they did, I saw recently, yeah. for the A-League rights. They're paying a lot of money and their marquee games are the derbies. They would have a say in what can happen with this promotion relegation. But they'd have I guarantee you they would say, we do not want, under any circumstances, Melbourne Victory, Melbourne City, Sydney FC, or the Wanderers being able to be relegated. And there's mm. going to be a shitstorm. Then it becomes a farce, yeah. So, Does Australia have the population and, and does the sport have the following to support more teams? That's, a, that's another Professional good Professional teams. Well, a lot of these teams already do have the support. They're, they're teams that are a lot, a lot older. But in A League teams, but in the numbers that you're talking, that would require attendance every single week, memberships to keep yeah. a professional club mm. afloat. That's you true. know what? They would probably start off in a more commanding position than all these A League clubs started in the first season. And and how many fans would your victories and cities lose if, say, for example, Green Gully was to be promoted into the? They A-League? would mm. lose a few. They would. Yeah, it'll even things out. I don't know who I'd go for if it were between the Melbourne Knights and uh, Melbourne Victory. To be honest <laughs> with you, I'd probably be torn completely. I'd follow both. Liam, I'll just tell you, like, just getting away from Boz's plan for a moment. There was a couple of things that I've wanted to bring up that I think are issues the A League need to fix cool. and what can be done. I have three main things, and I'm very interested in your thoughts, Daniel, on this. Excellent. First of all, I think the main issue is marketing. Well, There's yeah. next to none. <laughs> the, the next like, to? 
Mate, yeah. I'm a Melbourne City fan. I have been a Melbourne City member, and I still get the emails. But if it wasn't for the emails or checking their Twitter page, you wouldn't know I'd have no idea when they're even playing. Well, that's no. true. It wasn't I, Yoshi. Didn't you enjoy Yoshi? Uh-huh. That came and went in a flash. <laughs> and it was an absolute nightmare. No, it was. It, it always has been. But that's how bad's the marketing? Been. There's none. It's non-existent. You're right. And I don't understand it. Although they, you didn't like AFLX, we all heard about it. It was everywhere. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. So they've always gone with the philosophy of it's the world game. It, it's going to grow itself. Yeah. Mm. Secondly. Luck. My, second of my three three. You're points. trying to make me angry tonight, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Like, let's be honest. We're all fans of, of soccer and AFL in this room, so we're trying to work out a way to hopefully make things better. Yeah, it's so frustrating. Secondly, and I think you might agree with this as well. You may, you may, you may not. How on earth for a ten team competition competition that only has five games a week? Can you still constantly schedule so many games in horrible time slots? Yeah, I know. That is 5 p.m. Sunday, 7 p.m. Sunday. I know. As you said before, Daniel, the majority of crowds at A League games. Yeah. Uh, teenagers or kids under 18 mm, or, yeah. or families. Yep. It's horrible time slots. The AFL, mm. for an example, yeah. has nine games a week and yep. still only schedules one game on a Sunday evening. Yeah. How can a competition with five games a week and sometimes one of those games is in New Zealand? Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. just all for TV. They it must be it why they do it. Ridiculously. You know it's what? horrible. It is for TV. At the same time, it goes back to an earlier point as well. I think where Boz is coming from in terms of moving it to a winter game. Yeah. We could potentially have someone like end up in a lot of strife on the field. Mm. I remember. Do you remember a few seasons ago when uh, I think he was forty years old at this point in time? William Gallas came over to play for Perth. Yep. Obviously, spent plied his trade in some of the best clubs in England. Yeah, he's a great player, fantastic player, mm. absolutely gun player. He played in three degree temperature, three degrees yep. Celsius, four degrees Celsius his entire life. He's mm-hmm. Within his first five games, he was playing in Perth in 43-degree <laughs> heat or 44 or 45. People would have been watching this and praying for him. Yeah. It, it was looking there like he was going to go down any minute. It was looking like he was getting dizzy and all sorts. Mm, that's true. So it could be based around that, but at the same time, I'm sure that they, they could do more. Their scheduling is ridiculous. And just my last point, what your opinion on I think we've kind of touched on it a bit with what Bozza said about expansion, but I definitely think lack of teams as well. Yeah. When every third week I turn on and Melbourne City's playing Central Coast Mariners <laughs> every third week, yeah. it does start to dilute the interest for the casual fan. Yeah. Now, I'm a fan. I'm a big Melbourne City fan, but my interest probably has waned a little bit when yeah. there's just no expansion, no marketing. Oh, it's yeah, yeah. What you've said about Stale. what's happening with the crowds. Stagnous. Oh, it's right. ridiculous. So I think they really need to work on those three things. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to actually uh, yeah, say it's uh, no longer stagnant. It's now moving backwards, so they need to fix wow. it. Just just Bang. quickly, one thing that could be a massive opportunity in regards to what we're talking about currently is the World Cup coming up. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. If the A-League have any brains, they should jump on that jump on with the everything they've got. Yeah. Absolutely. But people, people are going to be watching football at that time. Even your casual person who has never watched an A-League game before will watch one yeah. or you know, two of these games. And if they got themselves out there and, and brought people's attention to what, yep. what it offers, then it could be a massive win. Absolutely. Right. I think it's a perfect opportunity to do a lot of marketing. And look, whether or not they'll do it, let's be realistic, they probably won't because, you know, knowing A-League. But the other thing I was going to say, we've touched on it a lot tonight, talking about Foxtel and what have you, but what do you guys think about free-to-air rights and, you know, how that how it's not real, you know, it's shown on, on channel, channel one, one and, you know, it's on a, it's a secondary channel. channel. It's, you know, and Foxtel do have all the games, not 
too many sports would be able to grow with only pay TV showing them. Would you agree? Yeah, or? A lot of people don't have pay TV. Mm. Exactly. Well, I know Most we all do, don't. but a lot of people don't. Yeah, yeah. But until they fix things, who, what, if you own Channel 7, would you pay 30, 40, however much it costs for the rights to yeah. that? It's a good point. You, you're I probably paying for it if you're going to have relegation, and it could just be none of those Sydney or Melbourne sides playing like I like I thought. So, well, that's true. These are things they've got to look into. But I think we probably should move on, boys. We don't want to take up too much time on the one topic. But we'll give Daniel the last word on this. Any final comments on the um, look, what can be done? I, I I think I made it pretty clear. The FFA definitely has to start reaching out to fans. There's a lot of people that watch the game in this country. That's true. There's a lot of people that have grown up watching the mm. game and they're not interested in A League. So why aren't these people asking themselves? How can we fix this? They refuse to reach out to the fans. They need to start. Mm. Just very briefly, more to Damien's point about uh, jumping on the back of the uh, Socceroos at the World Cup. Yep. As of as we've established, everyone watches it. Australia uh, is currently in the top ten nations for World Cup ticket sales. Wow, there you go. That's amazing. Top ten, and you consider all these countries that are going to be participating: your Brazil's, your mm. Germany's, your your Argentina's. Fair flight too. Yeah, it is a fair it's incredible. That is a phenomenal effort, and it's a true testament to how many people That's watch the game. Unbelievable. FFA, honestly, just get it together. There you go. We've got. They've got the audience. They need to just, as you said, engage the audience. Exactly. There you go. Now we'll move on, boys, to our next topic on the agenda, and we're switching codes to basketball, and in particular the NBA. And what we're going to discuss is LeBron James's upcoming free agency at season's end, and whether or not we think he should or shouldn't stay or leave the Cavs. Yep. Which should be very interesting. It's definitely hotly debated in the sporting world at the moment. Will he stay or will he go? So we're not so much going to talk about where we think he should go. It's more so do we think he should stay in Cleveland, stick it out until the end, or if he should pack up and chase more rings. So we're going to... Disqualify Nilo from this conversation. He's not the yep. biggest NBA fan. <laughs> all right. He follows pretty much every other sport under the sun, but the NBA's not one. I'll be asking <laughs> the dumb questions. He'll be right. asking the dumb questions. But myself, <laughs> Daniel, and Damo follow the NBA very closely. So we're going to have a crack at this, and we're going to start off with Damo for this one. So far away, mate. I only think he should leave if he has a chance to be part of something special. Yep. Uh, being the fact that Cleveland won their first title in, what was it, something like 50 years? 53 An years. Eternity. With, with the Cavs, obviously that was a pretty uh, special occasion. Yep. And he should only leave if he betters himself. Like, for example, if he had a chance to perhaps, let's say, for example, I know we weren't going to say where we think he no, should No, we can go, bring it but, up. There's a little talk he but, could go to Houston or Philly. But, for example, to go to Philly with that young team, add LeBron James into the mix and, and you could be looking at a dynasty. Yep, I agree. That being said, if that opportunity doesn't come, then he probably should stay. Uh, he is probably reaching the latter years of his career. I think he's slowing down much, though, at the moment. N- n- oh, not not at all, but how, how, long, how long would you continue playing for, really? Well, didn't he recently say that he wants to be playing up until his uh, son gets drafted? His son drafted. gets drafted. <laughs> he'll, he'll probably <laughs> wow. do it. I think his son's 13 at the moment, so yeah. watch this space. Well, we, alternatively, if he uh, felt like joining the Spurs, well, you know, by all means, I, I think, <laughs> I think that'd be a fantastic <laughs> move. Him back. So Daniel, overall, do you think he should stay or go, just in closing there? Only if he has a chance to better his, himself as a, as a player or be part of something special. Other than that, if, like, for example, if he just goes to some no team just for a huge payday, yep. then you, you can kind of perceive that maybe that may have an effect on his, his legacy. legacy. Yep. 
Uh, but if he if he had, for example, the chance to go to Philly and be part of something special and be part of something huge, then by all means. There you go. Daniel? It's funny you say that because um, I read the other day that uh, Cavs are the only ones who can currently offer him a five-year contract. I read that too, yep. With the highest salary. Yep. The I don't ma- think the, the salary is important. Ma- He's a billionaire. One would hope not. Mm. At this point in time, there's billboards going up in LA. He's being linked with the Lakers. Yep. There's billboards going up in Philly. Probably in Houston too. And in Houston <laughs> potentially, yes. Now, my... Can I ask billboards? Yeah. Uh, so, basically, these... Uh, well, would it be the actual organisations that are funding these billboards or is it fans? I'd say it's fans. They're just promoting just billboards LeBron on the freeway saying team. LeBron come home or whatever it is to LA. So, if uh, I put a billboard out in Essendon, Gary Ablett, come <laughs> over. You can <laughs> try <laughs> your luck, Neil. <laughs> um, with... My opinion, if he wants to win a championship, then it's simple for me. Go to Houston. Interesting. There's no ifs or buts about it. I don't think that Philly or Lakers, I'm only speaking about next season, I guess, so I'm not considering the years that precede it. Philly or Lakers next season, I don't think either will do anything with or without him. But regardless Uh, of the teams, do you think he owes it to Cleveland to stick it out? or He owes it to himself to stick it out. He owes it to himself and he owes it to Cleveland to stick it out. Not only, and you know, money aside, we've established it. He would get more. I guess it's worth mentioning, but only in a fleeting sense. He owes it to himself to stay with Cleveland and show what he can do. That team has been restructured so many times. They have twice this year. And you just know that he's <laughs> the one that's pulling the scenes behind it. But mm-hmm. one other point that I wanted to make if he wants to get close. And Liam and I, we can discuss this some other time. <laughs> if he wants going. to get close to the legacy that MJ left, Michael Jordan, then he'll stick it around with Cavs and try to win win more championships over there. Do you boys think that he actually owes the Cavs something? Honestly, though? No. Like I said, he owes it to himself. Well, are you done, Daniel? Anything else to add yes, on that? Yes, no, probably, but I'll stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 just because with Damo's point, I did have a point on that. Like, from my opinion... When I'm thinking about it, just obviously a bit of background on LeBron. We all know he started at the Cavs. He's from the area, yep. born and raised. He played his first seven or eight years at Cleveland. Yep. Then we all know what happened. He made the decision on TV and took the deal to go to Miami. Yep. Now, when you say, does he owe anything to Cleveland? I've actually got something here. Oh, right. Are the, you two, Damo and Daniel, either of you yeah, familiar with... He's either come of prepared. You two, I have come prepared. Are either of you two familiar with Dan Gilbert's letter? The Cavs owner? No. No. I think I've heard rumblings, rumblings? but I'm not, not 100%. I'll give you a couple of snippets. Who Dan, Gil- who Dan Gilbert is, Nilo, he's still currently the owner of the Cavaliers. He oh, owns yeah. the franchise. Yeah. Now, this letter he posted on the Cavaliers website on the day LeBron left to go to Miami. Mm-hmm. When all those shirt so, Yeah, exactly. So I won't read all of it, just a few snippets. This is what he thinks of LeBron. As you now know, our former hero who grew up in the very region that he deserted this evening is no longer a Cav. This is to the fans. You simply don't deserve this kind of cowardly betrayal. You've given so much and deserve so much more. In the meantime, I want to make one statement clear to you tonight. I personally guarantee that the Cleveland Cavaliers will win an NBA championship before that self-titled former king wins one in Miami. Wow. You can take it to the bank. Now, if you went to the bank, (laughs) he would have lost everything. Because we all know (laughs) the king won two championships in Miami. Furthermore to the letter, this is furthermore to Dan Gilbert. Some people think they should go to heaven but not have to die to get there. Sorry, but that's simply not how it works. This shocking act of disloyalty from our our homegrown chosen ones sends the exact 
opposite lesson of what we want our children to learn Ooh. and who we want our children wow. to be when they grow up. Wow. wow. But the good news is that this heartless and callous action from our former king can only serve as the antidote to one day end the so-called curse of Cleveland. He probably he, he, should have slept on this one before posting that onto did. the... I no. feel like he should have told us what he really thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was very, very now, emotionally driven. The reason why I bring up that letter, Damo yeah. asked the question, does LeBron owe anything to Cleveland? Right. Now, let's remember, even after this, this letter was public, so everyone mm-hmm. knows about this letter, in the Cavs, all the fans, LeBron, obviously. LeBron went to Miami, won his two championships, yep. and then he decided he wanted to go back and end the draft for Cleveland. So to do that, he had to suck this up and go still work under this same owner. Yeah. He went back. He said, I want to go home and end the 53-year drought and win a championship for my city. And mm-hmm. he did. And he did it. That was his promise, and yep. he's done it. He owes I don't incredible. think he owes Cleveland anything. I think yeah. he's done what he set out to do. Yep. And now if he wants to chase the GOAT, MJ, which I think he does, he wants to really get the six rings. Yeah. If he has to go to Houston to get a couple, or if it's Philly, like Damo said, or if it's LA or wherever it is, yep. I say good luck to him. I he think can come to LA anytime. He can. He can. Wherever he needs to go. Honestly, think when you're really looking at that letter, that's the owner who is still the owner, and he sucked it up and was the bigger man and went back to Cleveland after wow. that came out. I think that shows a lot about LeBron as a man, mm. for one. I think it's absolutely absurd that anyone could, even for a second, think that LeBron owes the Cavs anything. Like, could you even imagine how much in merchandise money? the Cavs would have made of oh, LeBron James. It's a sporting like, reality. No player owes any club anything anymore. They, it, everyone's uh, working for themselves out there, in my opinion. And this owner, you think about the value of this franchise, Cleveland, that he owns, and this talk he may sell it in the next few years. Think how much the value of the Cleveland Cavaliers franchise has gone up oh, yeah. because of one LeBron James. Yeah, mm, that's So true. LeBron has made this bloke, he was already a millionaire because he obviously owned an NBA team, yeah. but he's made him a billionaire. <laughs> yeah. So when you look at those type of words, you called him a coward, betrayal, all these things. LeBron went back, won the championship, ended the, mm. the Cleveland curse. I think wherever you want to go, LeBron, good luck to you. Fair. Could you imagine the conversation that would have taken place with old mate there and LeBron when there was talk of him coming back <laughs> to the cap? I think they're both How, professionals. I think it's still pretty chilly from what I hear and read. They're not. They're certainly not best friends, even though even though LeBron's back there. Really? Behind yeah. closed doors, I could imagine there would have been more than a few sorries. I mean, it's a PR spin from the yeah. uh, owner as well to put it out there. He was obviously hurt by LeBron's uh, decision. At the end of it, they're both grown men, big and ugly enough to take look after themselves, I think. And if he leaves again, boy, oh boy, get ready for the next letter. You'll probably send it up. <laughs> I can't wait to see the shirt burnings, to be honest. That's my favourite part. But, so just um, overall, I'm saying do you, LeBron. Do what's best for you. If you need to go, go. Daniel, you're saying stay in Cleveland. I am, I am saying stay in Cleveland if you want to chase the goat. And Damo? I'm saying go if you've got a chance to better yourself or your career. There you go. There you go. Now, we'll move on, boys, to our last topic of this evening. And we're changing codes, obviously, to AFL now. Basically, I'm tapping back in. (laughs) Nilo's tapping back into the discussion. So just first of all, we're going to discuss our premiership predictions for the season ahead and also our wooden spoon predictions. I might kick off first with this one, boys, if that's all right. Please go ahead. Go for it. Okay. My premier premiership prediction for this year, I'm going for the side that was pretty much the best side all year last year, but obviously, as we all know, didn't get it done grand final day, Adelaide. Yep. Um, mm. I think, in my opinion, they were the best side last year. Yep. Fair play to Richmond. They were sensational in the grand final and kicked their ass. Yeah. But I just think Adelaide are an extremely good side. They've added Bryce Gibbs to that midfield. I know they lost Lever and Charlie Cameron. 
but I think they've yep. got players who can step in, and I think Bryce Gibbs is a huge plus. Mm. So I'm saying Adelaide is my premier. Interesting. Interesting. And Wooden Spoon, I'm going with North Melbourne. Wow. I just, to be honest, I don't think their under-23 talent is anywhere near as good as some of the other developing teams like Carlton and Gold Coast and Brisbane. They obviously threw so much money at Dustin Martin and Josh Kelly. And what did they get in return? Who, who's <laughs> who's going to go play at North Melbourne? I'm sorry. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, go on, please. I'm, I'm laughing They got donuts also. in return. Neither of them wanted yeah. to borrow them. Dustin Martin took half the half less money to stay at Richmond, which yeah. obviously proved I, in a I, good decision. I'll do the same Jeeping. thing. I'm, I'm, I'm just um, chiming in over here because we've got the exact same prediction. So right, rather than me going through absolutely everything again, <laughs> uh, in addition to what you said, Adelaide, definitely the strongest team during the home and away season. I'm still in shock that they didn't win the grand final. North, pretty much what you said. They can't attract quality players. Their one elite player was Goldstein. What he's happened to him last season? Yeah, he's gone off the ball. I'm not sure what's happened there. Yeah. Par- apparently, he's back, though, they say. They say he's, he had a very strong preseason. He'll need to be. And You'd hope that so he's, for that their he's looking good. That's if you pay any attention to the media, that is. Yeah, well, that's true. Well, they're my wooden spoon as well, uh, prediction. So, yeah. So, there you go. Two for Adelaide Premiers, two wooden spoons for North Melbourne. Nilo, over uh, to you. I'm going to go with... I hates me to say this, pains me to say this, but I think that Richmond could get the job done again. Oh boy, I reckon. And wow, wow. And I I don't know. I I know Damien's opinion on this. I I have a feeling that he may think the same thing. But for me, I I don't know. They they lifted at the right time, and their preseason form has been scary good. Has been good. It's been scary good. And look, I think they're. I think they can carry that over and probably do it again. I don't look obviously as a keen Bombers fan. I don't want them to. I want us to do well, but I don't think it's our premiership year this year. But in terms of Richmond, yeah, I think they might. I think they might win the premiership again. Unfortunately, um, in terms of in terms of wooden spoon, I'm just going to go with Gold Coast because not not because I haven't thought about it. Of course, I have, but. <laughs> More so just for the fact that... You really hate the Gold Coast. Don't you? <laughs> we haven't discussed this before. I was just about to say, did Stuart Jew not send you a Christmas card this year, Nilo? <laughs> it must have got lost in the mail. Um, but They're irrelevant according to you, the Gold Coast Suns, aren't they? I don't know. Look, I know that we've had a couple of pre-season um, talk shows and workouts and I've rubbished the Gold Coast on those ones, but <laughs> I'll, I'll do it again. And uh, I, I, I feel like hands. that the... Oh, I don't know. I just feel like the Gold Coast... They're, they've got as much money as the GWS. They've got two more years or three more years or whatever it was on them. 21st round picks, probably. Probably, yeah, exactly. Probably Spend 21st round picks. Mm. And then they can't even get in the top eight. That's just a joke. And look, I don't think there they're going go. forward. Wooden spooners. There you go. Lastly, but not least, Damo. Just wanted to add there, I'm surprised Geelong weren't your premiership favourites, <laughs> Nilo. From uh, past conversations, you're you're a fan? There you go. For those who don't know, Nilo does live in the Geelong region, so oh, I get heavily influenced. My wife as well. <laughs> Attends a few out. games. He does. He does. Damo may even have a sneaky membership in oh, the wallet. Absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. That is disgusting. Moving along, uh, my premiership is the same as Neil uh, Richmond. As I've sort of mentioned in the preseason hitouts that we've had, I believe their list is now getting to their potential. I think their best players will only get better. And their second tier are really starting to come along. Um, so, yep, one word, Richmond. Back to back lows. I think Dustin Martin will continue to win everything for quite a while. I think he's oh, by boy. far the best player in the competition. Mm, and Wow. Yeah. He's only young. He's only going to get better. As long as he can stay mentally focused on what he needs to do, 
then he'll continue to poll absolutely massive massive amounts he's an absolute of he's uh, hard to disagree no he is wooden spoon i agree with the two other boys north melbourne wow <laughs> Oh, no North fans. How did I miss the memo? I don't, I don't know. I think they've only got a couple of above average players, and the rest of the like, list is is a really couple of above average. Only no <laughs> A graders <laughs> or B graders. A couple of above average, according to Damo. But <laughs> the the bottom half of their list is the biggest concern, it is. and I think they'll struggle. I, I hope I'm wrong. Like good good luck to them. I hope that they can do it do it okay. But I don't think they will. Do you really? Wow. There you go. <laughs> now, moving on, fellas, for our very last topic of our first show, what we're going to do is name our top three favourite AFL footballers of all time that we've enjoyed watching. can be from any side, not who you support, from anyone. Fun. For a bit of fun. So kick us off, Daniel. Wow. Uh, what a segment to give me to kick off with. Bit but of pressure. um Pressure's on. Pressure's on in a big way. I, actually, I'm not going to lie. I didn't put too much thought into this one. But you'd hope that these kind of questions, uh, the answer does come rather naturally. So uh, at number three, for me, it's a current player. One of, own, well, the only current player that I've got in my top mm-hmm. three, Mr. Buddy Franklin. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love watching this guy play. Every time I see him play, he does something entertaining. exciting. Yeah. Massively entertaining. He's a freak. A freak. Exactly Good friends right. with Kyle Hooker, I think, isn't he? Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still seeing that vision of uh, old mate Kyle just chasing him down that wing. Poor guy. Uh, no one wants to be in that situation. Uh, number two um, really uh, came out of nowhere, but I remember watching this guy play, and he actually took my love for the AFL to a whole new level. It was, I, I believe it was actually his first game at Football Park. In Adelaide, I'm pretty sure he was playing against Hawthorne. Who have we got here? I think I know who's going with there. Who's he going? Andrew Jarman? Or I, I have a, a <laughs> suspicion. <laughs> Who are you guys thinking? Oh, I don't know. This is this is a bit, spit this it out, uh, Mr. Andrew McLeod. Uh, uh, he was a superstar, absolute jet. Um, two AFL premierships in the end. Two Norm Smith medalists. Three best and fairests. Five All Australians. Captain the All Australian, he was just absolutely. Oh, stats Daniel, I know he's even got stats to back up his. Cop that one, fellas. Me. It doesn't happen often, but when it does, I do all right. He was two. He was number two. And Buddy McLeod was it? Was it hard to find a, a better big game player than McLeod? Oh, absolutely, Very hard. Very absolutely. Hard. Um, I, I still remember that day perfectly, watching that game. But anyway, number one might be a little bit biased, and it's with mixed emotions that I do mention him oh, as boy. my favourite oh, player that I've ever Wowie. watched. I, I think we, he could let's be. Let's just in focus a on his footy, football. Career. Let's please I just think, focus. I think he's been in a few. <laughs> I know lists. what he's <laughs> The one, the only, Mr. James Hurd. Absolutely, uh, he was absolutely magnificent on the field. Um, he has been in the media a fair bit of late. Let's please really? leave that aside. Bit? Just a little. <laughs> what has he done? Uh, he was an absolute... I think he's selling chocolate now. Anyway. We... <laughs> <laughs> no, he, is. he is. last I saw, actually. No, but watching him was an absolute delight. Um, uh, and, and the fact that he played for Essendon just made it even more, even, even better for me. There were always the debates about who's better out of Heard, Buckley Voss. and Voss. Mm. I can safely say that I will put Heard head and shoulders above him, and that's not actually including my mm. bias. I'll admit when I'm being biased, but he was an absolute yeah. gun of a football player and wish we could there get someone like him again. Well, one thing I have to say, I, I do enjoy taking the mickey out of Essendon 
more often <laughs> Do you? Than, I than noticed. noticed. I hadn't noticed either. However, James Hurd was a star, and yeah. for him to play key positions at his height and weight was unbelievable. I think he played well in the 2000 grand final against, who was it against? Uh, Melbourne, oh, that's right. That's, that's right. right. Yeah. The <laughs> hey, it's three against one on this podcast. You're going to really struggle here. We're going to cop an Asada joke for that comment. Come yeah. on, get it out. <laughs> get I actually, get mi- it actually out. missed that game, boys. I was over at Green, uh, over in Green Bay attending a Packers Oh, you didn't game, watch it? So, uh, yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, right. yeah, of course Nilo? he didn't. Of course he didn't watch the one Melbourne grand final. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> no, look, uh, look, I'm going to start from my number one, and it has to be James Hurd as well. Not going to build suspense. No, no, it has to be. Well, it's just it's got to be because I agree with Dan. I think, honestly, James Hurd was just so entertaining to watch. It he was is amazing. absolutely fantastic. And look, honestly, um, you know. Skillful, th- courageous, put him anywhere on the field, and he just did it all, didn't he? Yeah, incredible. And look, I'll, I'll be honest, in every sporting team I've ever um, played in even to this day, I wear the number five just as a bit of a tribute. Wow! You'll <laughs> Wasn't a tribute to Brent Stanton, was it? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Old Stanners. Do you do you have a five on your Geelong jumper as well, Neil? Oh, Gary here we go, Gary Ab. Well, you know, you never know. Number but two, no, Neil. Um, number two, I'll definitely. Um, and these look, I'll be honest. These are, could be in no particular order, honestly. And look, this is probably a tie for number one. Is uh, Gary Ablett Senior honestly oh, going go. yes. going to the MCG on a Saturday afternoon? Yes. No matter what, you know, finals, um, you know, regular season games, he Superstar. is Mr. Entertainment. Wasn't ever. he something absolutely fantastic? And look, I, I, I do miss the big man. Um, you know, he, well, he wasn't a big man, let's be honest, but you know, he was a superstar of the game. And uh, look, a lot of people knew who he was, even people who didn't follow AFL. Getting nostalgic. Number three. Um, and again, I'm going to have to admit my bias here, but how can you go past Matthew Lloyd? Like, I, I love oh, watching well, the big velvet sledgehammer. <laughs> I love yeah, the yeah. big man taking, Souls, mate. taking all the marks, getting ten goals for the team, and what have you. I know Buddy does that even to this day, and that is true. But I don't know. Maybe it is my complete hundred percent bias. But you know, Matthew Lloyd, champion. Lo- love we'll watching him. That. Love watching him. Very well said, Liam. Now. Okay, now I'll be honest. I've put my bias in this, but even still, there's no Essendon player in it um, on my, in my top three. No, no uh, Scotty Gumbledon? No Scotty Gumbledon. He just missed out. So, get out of Scotty for listening. We're number four. <laughs> now, number three, I'll go down, down ways. Number three, I've got... Number three, Neil. Paul if he's there. listening, yeah. I'll tell you what. Shout out to Scott Gumbledon, Jason Laycock, and uh, Jay Neagle. Just missed out. But what, what number about three, Kepler Bradley? And Kepler. <laughs> Number three, I've got to get this out. Number three is Paul Kelly from the Sydney Swans. Oh, yes. Ah, yep, very wow. good pick. I've got a lot of memories as a kid just watching this bloke. He wasn't that big. He was actually quite skinny, but just absolutely bulldozing through the SCG. Bit of a mullet at one. Bit of a mullet. Yep. I might have had one at the same age. <laughs> yeah. He was an absolute <laughs> superstar. an idol, was he, for you? Love watching so, him play. So courageous. Very courageous. Fantastic yeah. player. Number two, I had a tie. So right. I guess I maybe maybe it's top four. I oh, had a tie for a second. Right. I couldn't split them. Darren Jarman. Yes. One thank of my you. favorite players of all time. He but, was mm, close on mine. Definitely the best skilled player on both sides of his body I've ever seen. Yeah. By mm. far. Not mm-hmm. even close. Uh, he was tied for second with now this bloke isn't actually a real flashy player or he was a champion, but he wasn't a superstar. Yeah. Scotty West. Oh wow. Oh, yeah. Very okay. nice. I love Scotty he West. Loved watching watching him play. Yeah. He had the blonde. What do you call it? Undercut. <laughs> yeah. He was slow, couldn't kick far. Yeah. Probably remind me of me playing junior footy. <laughs> <laughs> he was a champion. Love watching Scotty West play. Yeah. Um, and number one. Ooh, give us your one. Drum roll, please. 
<laughs> Number one, this is a bloke I can just remember as a kid growing up. For some reason, they always seem to play on Sundays. I've got vivid memories every Sunday watching TV, watching this bloke just sit on people's heads week after week after week. And it's oh, the one and I only know who it is. Tony Modra. Excellent. Oh, very nice. Yep. I was so yep. thrilled to be a Sundays. part of you meeting him. We did uh, meet him recently year, at a work it? event. No, two years now. Two or, years ago. Or was it? Something yeah, like that. A anyway. couple of years ago. But he was a really a nice name bloke. Drop? Sorry? Bit of a name drop? Bit of a name drop. It was. We did meet him. Liam was shaking when he asked uh, for a photo. I was. I was. But uh, <laughs> We'll post that one on Twitter later. We will. We will. But uh, yeah, he's my favourite player of all time. Absolute phenomenal player to watch. The marking, the goal kicking. Sensational. So, Entertainment plus. Might just recapping, Cali, Jarman, West tied for second and Modra won. Over to you, Damo. Very good stuff. Just quickly, so the meeting with Modra went better than the meeting with Billy Slater. There was <laughs> it's a topic for another day. <laughs> leave that for now. Moving on, Damo. That might be on the uh, late night uncut version May of well the podcast be. or something. Top three for myself. So number three, Paul Ruse. Ruse? As a player, not, as a, not as a coach. Oh, yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Seven-time All-Australian. He's in the AFL Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. played over 350 games. Great yeah. player. And was just pure class. You forget his achievements and how good he was on the oh, field yeah, sometimes. Yeah. If, you, if you remember watching him when Fitzroy was so bad and then moving mm. up to Sydney, yep. he was. Yep. everything he did was just pure class and he yeah. did it all fair. And Champion. He was a great mm-hmm. player. Number two, Mark Rusciuto. The Root. Wow. A, a lot of Adelaide players coming out here. There are. Yeah, I know. Mark Rusciuto was All-Australian eight times. Fair effort. Won a Brownlow and Premiership. So yeah. it's pretty hard to have a better career than that. Still has the same go to And was well. a tough bastard. Yeah, hard yeah. as nails. <laughs> would have been uh, an interesting contest to see who, I guess, would have been harder out of Michael Voss and uh, Mark Rusciuto. Yeah. Both balls, yeah. But Mark Rusciuto gets the tip Good choice. Number one, Jim Steins. Mm. Well. Steinsy. So perhaps a bit of bias, but growing up, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy was amazing. He, he, to achieve what he did, coming from a different culture, mm. coming and learning a different game, so far from his support network, so far from home, That's to true. win a Brownlow. Yeah. Incredible. And to amazing. be as good as what he was, and also to be as resilient as what he was. Mm. At the time, he was the leading consecutive games, games played. played. I think he, he played with injuries yeah. like a broken hand. Yeah. Played with broken uh, bones in his face, in his legs. Oh, sorry, in his feet, sorry, not his legs. Done it all. Incredible. But yeah, he was a, an amazing player. And, and Jimmy Steins gets the three votes. Tick for me. An amazing you didn't find room well, for Liam Jarrah? I thought it would have been Liam Jarrah number one. <laughs> I nearly had Straubs O'Dwyer in there, to be honest. <laughs> but uh, Jimmy, Jimmy gets the nod over Good Straubs. Good choice. Good choice. Now, I think, fellas, we're just about done. We had fun. We enjoyed it. Yeah, it's been great tonight, I reckon. Absolutely. That's the way. Now, before we go, Daniel or Neil, do you want to just give a quick shout out? We actually do have some social media platforms now. We've got a Twitter account and a Facebook page. Do you want to just give a shout out The people can get a hold of it? If you want to see the lovely photo of Liam and Tony Modra, you'll be going to at Sportsweek Pod. That's P-O-D only. On Twitter. On Twitter. Yep. That's our Twitter. Um, on Facebook, just search for Sports Week Podcast. And also on Instagram, just search, it's at Sports Week Podcast, all one word. We're not going to have any sledges to Ashley Young or Mo Salah on there, boys? Huh. I certainly hope not. <laughs> not, yeah, not yet. We're not that big. We'll give it a bit Maybe of time. Maybe later. We'll give it a bit of time. But um, yeah, look, we're gonna, we've recorded this on uh, Thursday evening there. What date is it today, boys? 
15th of March. The 15th. So we're going to get this out in the next couple of days, hopefully, on iTunes and so forth. Depends so, on Apple, how they, how quickly they want to listen yeah. to our uh, our amazingness. But we'll get <laughs> amazingness here, right? <laughs> but look, we'll get it out soon. So yeah, thanks for your support. If you can give us a like or a follow, we'll appreciate it. Um, as I said, we're just four blogs having a bit of fun. We're not taking ourselves too serious. And yeah, look, we're going to have aim to have an episode every week. It might be two weeks until the next one because we're going to give the first episode a bit of time to get it get out there and so forth. But uh, to go viral, Find to go feet. viral. But yeah, really enjoyed the show, fellas. Enjoyed your company. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, Liam. That's it's been it. Fantastic. And uh, we'll be back soon. Cheers.